Deja Vu, the show where we talk about films and their lasting impacts. I'm Sydney Brumfield. And I'm Therese Kinnirons. And today we will be discussing the 2022 film Fire Island. Fire Island is a 2022 romantic comedy film directed by Andrew Ahn and written by and starring Joel Kim Booster. It is adapted from Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen and features a group of gay friends who go on their annual vacation to Fire Island where drama ensues. Sydney, what did you think about this film? So, to me, Fire Island is, like, exactly the type of, like, queer media that I'm like, this is what we need more of. Mm -hmm. My initial thought, though, like, first watch was, oh my gosh, yes, this is so fun. (laughs) Uh, And then second watch, I go, oh, this is also actually, I think, like, a pretty successful adaptation and, like, a really strong romantic comedy. And I just love that this film is nothing revolutionary, and that in itself Mm -hmm. is revolutionary. Yes! Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, actually, well, it's a fun fact, um, but also a very controversial opinion. Mm -hmm. I do not like Pride and Prejudice. That's... Listen, you and I are in the same boat. The I same. don't I'm like always it. afraid I'm going to get, like, shot in the street when I say that, I though. know. It's my best friend's favorite movie. Um, Liz, if you're listening to this, I hate Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> um, but, no, like, I, I, had, and I, I had no idea that it was based off of Pride and Prejudice when I watched it. Yeah. Um, I only found out when I was researching it afterwards, and I was like, oh. You're like, it clicks. I was like, that makes so much sense. I didn't even realize, like, like I looked on Wikipedia, and then I was trying to find out, like, some of the actors. Yeah. And it was like, it would be like, Noah, uh, this is supposed to be uh, uh, Elizabeth Bennet. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, immediately, like, yeah. Yeah. Literally, I, my, my, like, friend and I tried watching Pride and Prejudice, like, together. We made it 40 minutes into the movie and was went... Was it the, um, <sighs> was it the one with, um, what's her name? Keira that, Knightley? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Where her teeth do the thing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, uh, and it's, I, 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 um... I thought it was always that I just didn't, like, really care for the story. Like, legitimately, that's what uh-huh. I thought it was. I was just like, I'm not really here for this. This doesn't really appeal to me. Because I do like other period pieces. Right. But no, I do like the story. I just don't like that adaptation I of it. I just don't like no. it when it's straight people. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that was it. You know, I, I think that was a huge part of it. And I think um, it's really fascinating, a huge dimension of, like, Pride and Prejudice is, like, the classism that happens in it. Mm -hmm. But it was so fascinating to me how it lends itself so easily to being a queer story. Yes. Like, so incredibly well. Like, yes, we as a society, we live in a society. We live in a society. (laughs) Have, you know, class dimensions and divides and yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Fire Island touches upon these divides and, um, you know, classism as well as, like, the, the toxic masculinity beauty standards within the gay community. I just mm-hmm. thought, like, so beautifully and well. And I really found it fascinating, and I kind of admire it in a way, um, that, like, it highlighted, you know, there's a huge amount of, you know, diversity within the LGBTQ plus community. Yes. Even more so just in the gay community. You yes. know, like, Fire Island is demonstrating, despite public opinion, despite what mainstream media is portraying and telling you mm-hmm. that, you know, all gay people 
do not match one consistent stereotype. And I love that. And I think it's funny that they did that through Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, it was. it's such an interesting thing to adapt into a queer story, but it works so seamlessly that yeah. you don't even realize. Yeah. It's it's really, it, it's, it's incredible um, how many period pieces we can improve with gay people. I don't think it ultimately matters okay, if she well, had powers. Okay, well, if it ultimately doesn't matter, then why are we arguing about it? I didn't think we were arguing. So let me win. Okay. Uh, on this podcast, like, overall, I feel like this season we've been talking about a lot of, like, deep-thinking, heart-wrenching queer dramas, like, yes. uh, like love lost and betrayal. Yeah. And, like, Fire Island is, like, ah. It's, like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, a little, it's you know, so, it's something sweet, you know? It's yeah. something sweet. It's, it's just the little rom-com I needed. It, it, and, like, they don't. They don't. They don't make them like this. They no. not every gay film needs to be so tragic. Uh, <laughs> this one was like everything that was like sad in this movie would have been sad if it also happened to a straight person. Yes, it's <laughs> it's so incredible that you don't need to you know traumatize queer people. Yeah, and like this is what inclusivity looks like. Mm-hmm. And you know, just in case throughout the season yet that hasn't been clear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. This film's written by Joel Kim Booster, who's gay, and if you, you know, don't know his other work, he's a phenomenal stand-up comic. Yeah. He is so... He's so funny. ...brilliant. So watch his work. Do it. He's so funny. It's directed by a queer person. Andrew Ahn is gay. He's incredibly talented, mm-hmm. but also gay. Yeah. <laughs> And it stars this incredible cast of queer talent, including, but not limited to, Joel Kim Booster, Margaret Cho, who... Yeah. Well, oh. I, I didn't know she was in this movie. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't watch nothing. Yeah. Uh, and she was there. And I was like, oh, my God. Right? It's <laughs> oh, just, my God. It's, it's so Margaret exciting. Cho. And you know, she's growing in prominence, I feel like, in what I've been seeing her in recently. She was also in season one of Hacks. And I was just like, ah, oh, I gotta come watch back, Hacks. queer icon. I love her. Her stand-up's also really funny, yeah. if you haven't watched that. They also have uh, Conrad um, Rick Mora, who, I'm sorry if I butchered that, but he is from uh, How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. also has a queer role on that, which also mm-hmm. so crucial to the way queer people like yes. are, are viewed in the media. James Scully, who rose to prominence on the show You, playing mm-hmm. 40, also a phenomenal gay Oh, actor. that's where I saw him yeah. from. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> I've been trying to figure it out all day. Yeah. Where he's from? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. He's from. He's from. Oh, he's from you. <laughs> That's what he's from. I, uh, I'm having a eureka moment. I've been trying to figure it out all day. I was like, his name isn't even like bolded on Wikipedia. No. But he was so good. <laughs> Brilliant. And then oh lastly. God. Um, we have Matt Rogers and, of course, Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang, who I admire professionally. I I love him with my whole heart. I think he's one of the most brilliant people in the world of sketch comedy and writing comedy. I love Bowen Yang with my whole heart. And mm. just, you know, having all, all dimensions of this film be authentically queer is what 
I at least, but what I know Teresa and I, what we both want, hire, support, and offer platforms to queer people to tell our stories. Because I promise you, it's going to make such a difference, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's so draining when all the media that's out there, and even, you know, the mm-hmm. films, you know, we liked that we've included on this right. series. They're all just gay people are crying, dying, leading a martyristic life. Getting groomed. Getting groomed. By a man in the Italian countryside. Yes, this is another Call Me By Your Name hate post. <laughs> I hate that movie. Yeah. No, actually, actually, disclaimer, I really do like that movie. But, but like, it's really weird. And yeah. we shouldn't be thinking of that as the top queer movie. When movies like this, this happen, happen. And it's just, uh, I'm so over... You know, films like that existing when Fire Island exists. Yeah. This this is the, everybody, this is the new bar, okay? Yes. <laughs> Literally. Just, you know, it's beautiful. It's compassionate. It's about, you know, one's chosen family mm-hmm. and friends and love and compassion. And also, it's so incredibly funny. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like, I know um, we can't say some of my favorite lines because they're explicit, but <laughs> I do have a couple that I think are hysterical, like when um, Margaret Cho uh, shouts across the party, no, you put that brie down, not in the hot tub, is so <laughs> funny. so funny. <laughs> um, the, when Charlie and... And when Charlie and Howie first meet and Howie like falls in front of him and he goes, oh, you must have really strong bones. And he goes, just my knees. It's just like so uncomfortable. The uh, I gave you 27 uninterrupted minutes in our room. That's an episode of Chopped. You need longer than an episode of Chopped to have sex. Just so, like, I don't, it's just such witty and well-executed um, dialogue, it, which, of course, I think stems from having such talented comics on, on this film. Yeah. But it's just, I, I love it. It's, 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 it's just so refreshing to yes. have, like, a film made by and for queer people. Yes. Like, you can tell that this movie was made, like, and they were sitting in whatever production meeting, and they were like, the gays are gonna love this one (laughs) and we did yes and we did and like i'm seeing a trend now um with this and then like with bros that just Mm -hmm. got released of like this is what the people want we want romantic comedies that are about gay people that's all we want that's all we want i want the cheesiest romantic like like i want okay wait have you ever seen um have you ever seen music and lyrics with drew bear okay so that movie is Part of it is that they make fun of Wham yeah. and and George Michael. That's not a queer movie. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? George Michael. <laughs> and like that movie, if that movie was gay, that movie would be ten times better. That's what I want. I want a gay yeah. music and lyrics, just like how they have gay Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I want gay music and lyrics. That's yeah. what I want. Yes, but like, yeah, I'm hoping that there becomes a trend of like more more queer rom coms. Hopefully. Lesbian, lesbian rom coms. Shall I dare oh say? Gosh, I you didn't. You say. didn't just say that. I know. <laughs> I want to get my hopes up. They're like, we can't ever make. We made portrait. You're of, gonna find. Oh, we made portrait of a lady on fire. Isn't that enough? <laughs> You're gonna find queer and funny women. Women can't be funny. Women Therese. can't be funny. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take them home right now. You stay. We got this, right? Absolutely. Thank you. We had such a great time. 
wonderful party. <laughs> Put that breed down. No, not in the water. So what what's like your favorite scene? What's your standout scene from this film? I think so I, I have it down as like two. I cause I had to be like, what do I think again with comedy geniuses on this project what do i think uh -huh. is like the funniest scene right and then like the one that made my heart all warm and fuzzy mm -hmm. i think the funniest scene in fire island is when they're playing like the head the headbands game <laughs> and they're doing the entire like marissa tomei bit like in, in, in um um uh, in, my cousin Vinny. yeah yes and it's it's a hard cut to it too they're like we're gonna play a game oh don't worry it doesn't get too competitive cut to them screaming marissa tomei impressions at, at will they had good in marissa tomei <laughs> impressions too the defense is wrong the defense is wrong <laughs> i think that is just like again just very it feels so true to these characters definitely yes. very formulated by you know the people working on this project mm -hmm. and i thought it landed really well but the scene that just uh makes my heart feel all warm and fuzzy and is you know something that i will definitely like to me this is a, a completely rewatchable movie mm -hmm. um what I would rewatch it for is uh, it's like basically like one of the last scenes in the film, but it's between Will and Noah, and they're sitting on the dock, and they're talking about just like them as like a couple, mm -hmm. um, and you know they're saying all the same things, but then you know um, Noah goes, well, what do you want? And Will like looks past Noah to this old mm -hmm. gay couple dancing yeah. like a little bit down from them, and he just goes that, and I'm just like, oh. oh. Uh, oh, it was so it was so sweet. Yeah, oh, that that was like my that was my heartwarming scene too. Yeah. But um, I I also because I I really like to uh, be sad actually. Okay. Um, my favorite scene <laughs> <laughs> was um where uh Howie has the talk with Charlie outside mm. and Aaron and Noah are talking like through the, like. Yeah, at the window watching them. I it's and also an incredible scene. An amazing scene. I love how it was done yeah. cinematically. Like how yes. it keeps cutting back and forth between the two of them, and um, you're seeing how he's like reaction to what Charlie's saying in real time, yeah. as Aaron is giving Noah this advice, and how he just flops <laughs> into the pool, followed <laughs> and by like her screaming, "Oh, oh my, my baby's, baby's drowning! My baby's drowning!" <laughs> oh my god! Like. That that scene was it, it's just like it's so it's so relatable. Yeah. It's so relatable to just like like in that moment I too would want to flop into the yes. pool. Um and all I've ever wanted was real relatability in rom coms, which yeah. is why we needed queer ones. Yes. But also just like the the the, the re relatability of him being like, yeah, I've never been in a relationship and I'm going to be 30. Yeah. I was like, real. That's so true. <laughs> um, but, like, the like I don't know. like It was just so deeply relatable yeah. while also being so fun, so funny, and just nailed home the point that, like, the queer experience is so different for everyone. Like, yeah. it's not some blanket term that you can just throw over everyone. Like, mm -hmm. everyone's experience is completely different. And trying to shove yourself into that box of, like, what you think you're supposed to be like or, like, how you think your experience is supposed to be yeah. is, like, completely unhelpful yeah. to your growth, you know? And, like, Howie, the whole movie is, like, 
he's like, I'm not like you to Noah. Yeah. And, like, Noah doesn't, like, fully get it because he thinks, like, oh, like, he is like me. Like, we're both, like, gay men on Fire Island. Yeah. Like, we're both gay Asian men on Fire, Fire Island. Island. Yeah. And um, he, like, doesn't understand that, like, his experience is way different than yeah. Howie's. Like, and, like, Howie doesn't want to just, like, hook up with some guy on Fire Island. Like, that's not yeah. why he's there. I think that scene is also mm-hmm. just, like, it kind of, you're like, oh, I like being sad. It kind of hits all the emotions, though. Because, like, I don't know, I think the advice that, um, you know, Aaron is giving Noah is also yes. just, like, incredibly, like, heartfelt and important. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think something I had ever really heard articulated that well, mm-hmm. like, in real life or even, like, in a movie with dialogue. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that, you know, not everyone needs fixing right. is just, like... I don't know, that's something a lot of people don't know. And I think, you know, Noah didn't even know that about himself, you know? And I think to touch upon what you were saying about, like, the need to, like, conform into the ideal queer person, Mm -hmm. that, like, it's such a... I think it's also what makes Howie so relatable because it's, you know, something that I I at least know I struggled with. You know, you come out and you're like, how do I let everybody know that I that I am out. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. And you start dressing, acting, speaking a certain way. And then you get people uh, on the internet tell you that that's what everyone does. And then you, you reach a point where you're like, you don't even recognize like yourself. Mm -hmm. You're like, I know, I know who I am and what my sexuality is, but I don't fit what everybody else thinks that should look like. And it's so incredibly wonderful as a queer person to like, see this. Yeah. Cause I think how we, is such a uh, such a beautiful and like loving character mm-hmm. that for me like one of the most relatable characters in like a romantic comedy since Bridget Jones like just somebody who it's like you know isn't perfect is flawed makes mistakes mm-hmm. but is also like nothing special you know like they're yeah. they're just trying to find love and be vulnerable and that's really scary, and I think Bowen Yang did a phenomenal job. He had that single oh. tear moment on the boat, and I was like, he eat, did. eat, Bowen. Oh. I love, I love Bowen Yang. Yeah, I think Bowen Yang, like out of all of like the SNL like people from his like, I know he's still there, but like his era, his, yeah, which I would consider like most of the people who just left to be his era. Yeah, <laughs> TBH. He, but, um, you know, I think we should all pitch in for a GoFundMe for a chiropractor just because for him, him carrying for the him show, carrying the show right now. <laughs> oh my, yeah. Like, it's really hard to be an SNL fan right now. Incredibly guys. hard. It's really, it's really. We are. Check in on your SNL loving <laughs> friends because we're we're do we're going through it. We're here. Okay, look alive, everybody. This might be the last time we get to do this together, so let's make a count. I know we I know we kind of talked about this, but yeah. um, I feel like it's so important for us to like like write reflections of our experiences as writers, like yeah. me and you, both writers, and Jim Joel Kim Booster yeah. as Noah. Like, and he wrote the screenplay. Like, yeah. this film is an amazing, like, amazing step in the right direction for queer people playing queer roles and yeah. writing stories for queer people yeah. and writing their own stories, like, writing their own experiences into, mm-hmm. like, films that we're going to all love and cherish forever yeah. because of, like, how much they did for our communities. And yeah. it's just, it's so important. I 
genuinely could not have said that better myself. Like it, <laughs> I don't think anybody also could have embodied the role of Noah as well as he did. Because yeah. I think uh, it's very easy when a character like Noah is written, at least in like, um, you know, like heteronormative or like straight media, it's very easy for him to like be turned into an archetype or a trope or you know, somebody who just needs, like, one missing piece and then they'll be happy. But it's, like, Noah is such an incredibly complex character in everything that he does. You know, like, he's incredibly intelligent, but also, like, incredibly, you know, vulnerable but won't admit that. Yeah. Loves his friends with his entire heart. Mm-hmm. Um, is funny. Is incredibly hot. Like, yeah. And none of the... And all of those work together to be Noah. And, like, I feel like... Um, Joel Kim Booster really, you know, brought everything that that character needed to yeah. make it feel, you know, make him feel fully formed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as as writers, I think it's it's something that as like I'm seeing this semester with um, having written some of the scripts for student films, it's incredibly fascinating to see what happens when, mm-hmm. you know, like talent is brought on to a script that like you've poured your heart into and creating these like nuances and complexities (laughs) and then the like wrong talent or no like it's brought in and it's just shrunk into this one or like a director who doesn't understand the experiences that you're trying to write yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's incredibly um frustrating and i think you know again what makes this so successful at being authentic queer media is you know nothing is sacrificed for this film yeah. and i think that's what makes it so beautiful it's it's just it's it's so it's so wonderful yeah. um well would after after gassing it up yeah. i'm about to to give it my letterboxed rating yes. as we all know yeah um I, uh, I'm so sorry for this. I'm, I gave it a two out of five. But you know what? That's okay. Which is, which is okay because yeah. we need mid-rom-coms yeah. with queer people. Do you know how many straight <laughs> mid-rom-coms exist? Too many. That have made millions of Too dollars many. in the box offices. And with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. Yeah. There's like four different versions of the same movie out there. Yeah, and every movie with Ashton Kutcher in it makes me visibly angry yeah. so like come we, on guys we can ha- have and we it's can good have, have mid queer movies yes and um so it's a two out of five i love the direction and uh i love the the writing yeah the, the, i like the stylistic choices but like overall is it cheesy yeah, yeah. is it a popcorn movie yeah. yeah am i probably gonna watch it again maybe probably <laughs> I, like it's it's a huge it's a huge deal for like this nuanced representation yeah. of like not just like okay because I also feel like every queer movie depicting gay men has them like all of them be ultra femme yes this movie is not like that yeah and it also it's so diverse yes so diverse which is so important because yeah. like like a lot of the time like you guys listen to this podcast yeah. <laughs> we're always like it's not diverse enough. It's just like it's and it's not. No, it's a bunch like, of white guys. One, like, this one, like, truly, like, as someone who like grew, like, I'm from Long Island. I, I've been to Fire Island. Like, oh, this, yeah, close for, to the for that. You know that like relatability really hits. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, it's it's so it's so true to like what the, what the culture is there mm-hmm. and like how it how diverse it is and like the community there. Really, really wonderful. 
So for me, for my rating of it, um, you know, as an avid enjoyer of, you know, little tongue-in-cheek romantic comedies, mm-hmm. I think this is genuinely one of the best ones of that I have seen in years. Yeah. Like, like astronomically. Um, uh, and I think I was just also, the first time I watched it, there was such this shock factor mm-hmm. in watching an authentic fun yeah. enjoyable queer film right that i know my first time watching it i gave it a four out of five stars because i was like oh my god like yeah. why aren't more people talking about this that was how i felt i right. was like and um you know i watched it the second time and i think my initial really high rating when i went back and you know watched it this time and actually took notes and thought about it for the podcast it is, it, in my brain, I think it's, like, a three out of five star film. Yeah. You know, I think had this had a, like, a theatrical release, you should have gone and seen it in theaters. Like, I think right. it would have been a great watching experience. I wish it had a theatrical yeah, release. Absolutely. I wish it wasn't, like, it's great um, that it, like, was on a Hulu. Yeah. Like, accessibility, whatever. Yeah. But I wish it had I, a theatrical I release. I so wish it had had a theatrical release. But I also, I am... Um, I think it. I think it's really interesting when I was reading about this film. It has a ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. um, which that also I'm like, yeah, like I I agree with that, especially in like the audience score. Yeah, absolutely. But I think so often like, it's almost like frowned upon for queer films to be anything less than absolutely perfect. Right. And so I kind of I love that this film is it's just it's it's, it's just it's, it's just fun fun and gay. And funny. And yeah. that's all it needs to be. And so for me, I give it a three out of five stars. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also love that it knows exactly what it is. Right. You know, it's not pandering itself to be some big, profound film. It yeah. goes, here's a bunch of gay people trying to find themselves and find love. Yeah. Ta-da. And there you go. <laughs> it's I'm so happy we watched it, though, and got to talk about it. Me, too. I'm, I'm really glad we watched it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a nice break from all the why won't he love me films <laughs> you know like yeah. boy um, but if you guys want to tune in next time oh. for the last episode of the season Man. and also the last episode that our lovely lovely host Cindy will be here oh man that's so surreal and so bittersweet but i'm incredibly excited for our last film which we know will be moonlight so yeah it's the big one the big (laughs) the big one you better come check it out yes please check it out bye queers thank you guys check out the ithican.org for more interesting and creative content you can listen to any of the ithican podcasts wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at the (laughs) ithican.org